This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Network. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Network does not take responsibility for those statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, Katie Brewer, the Brewer Group, broadcasting from Northern Virginia. And we have a great lineup of guests for our, on our show for you today. And Katie, will you please give us the rundown? We have Dante Shannon, CEO of Association of Equipment Management Professionals. We've got Craig Beaton, Principal of Beaton Wealth Management. We have Phil Koval, Principal at Expense Reduction Analysts. And Alan Luba, Principal at Human Resource Consultants. Let's get to know our first guest, Dante Shannon, CEO of Association of Equipment Management Professionals. Dante, what is the Association of Equipment Management Professionals? Oh, we are a 300 corporate member trade association that does education, training, and certification for equipment managers around the globe. And how, how, 300 members, is that what the number was? Yeah, we have approximately 300 corporate members. All right, where are you from originally? Rock Hill, South Carolina. How many brothers and sisters? I am the middle of three boys. Middle of three boys from South Carolina. Okay, Katie, he's all yours. So tell me a little bit about your family. What did your mom do for a living? So my mom was in uh, the healthcare field, administ- uh, worked as an administrator, and then also had a second job, you know, cleaning office uh, buildings. She, wait, wait, wait. She, she had a second job cleaning office buildings. Did you ever go yes. to work with her? Yes, I did. I volunteered to help her work. Very, uh, uh, under- how young were you when you volunteered to go to work with your mom in her second job, and what were you doing? I had to be between 9 to 10 or 11 uh, uh-huh. at the time. Yeah, and I was there helping her clean desks, clean windows, change trash cans. So this was her second job. You're 9 or 10 years old. I guess she was dragging you along. You didn't want to go, did you? No, I volunteered. I understood very early on how hard my parents worked for me, so I wanted to play my part and, and help out to ease the load. Mm-hmm. Katie, you want to find out about dad? Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your dad. What did he do? Uh, my dad uh, was, uh, he managed the varying uh, restaurants early on in uh, my uh, childhood. And when you saw what your dad did, what do you take to work every day that you get from your dad? So I really learned business from my dad and also like, uh, you know, I, I would often see the way that he would manage his team and treat customers. Uh, so I really kind of bring that into the work that I do now as far as, you know, how I work with my team, uh, you know, at my, at my current role, and then also how I treat my members and customers. You also mentioned, just like your mom had a second job, your dad had a second job. What was yeah. your dad's second job? Did you leave him alone? Or did you? Uh... <laughs> no, my dad had a second uh, uh, job as a uh, delivering newspapers so he had a paper route and i volunteered to help him as well wait a minute you volunteered to help your mom when you're you know a kid and you also volunteered to help your dad deliver newspapers yeah yeah i just yeah i just intrinsically under again understood how hard they worked and i wanted to help and i think that's related to why i connect so well with nonprofits uh now and the work that i do because i enjoy helping people you know, to this day, I remember my first nonprofit job. It, I knew that it was the right uh, profession for so, me. So let me ask you this. When you were 16, something happened uh, with the director of the marching band. What was that? <laughs> yeah, I, at 16, I got my first major leadership role as drum major of a 400-person marching band. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you're the uh, head of the marching band now. You, you're, you're a hot dog, right? <laughs> Not necessarily. I understood that I needed to earn that leadership role with a lot of the uh, band members. I was not a likely choice, you know, to be drum major. I was silly, a bit mischievous, wasn't the best. So how'd uh, you go about player. earning? How'd you go about earning their respect? I really did work hard on building relationships with every single person on the marching band. I understood. You, you I needed bothered them. to get to know all four hundred of them. 
you have to, you know, it's, it's related to, you know, how successful you are in your roles every day. In my role now, I have to get to know all of my members, all of my partners, my team. It helps you, it helps, uh, helps you be successful. What's the similarity between how the 400 kids in the marching band felt about you and the similarity about how your 300 members feel about you? I think they understand how hard I work to number one, build relationships and how hard I work to support, support them and earn their, earn their respect as a leader every day. Who that taught we, you that? Again, I think it's my parents. I really learned from them the balance of, you know, from my dad learning, you know, how to attend to the business and my mom kind of really teaching me how to attend to the hearts of people at the same time. When you were a kid, you told us you felt uh, <clears throat> you were a little bully. Tell us, tell us about more and more about that experience. Yeah, as a kid, I was I was an old soul, so I didn't relate to a lot of my classmates or a lot of kids at the time. And so, you know, of course, that lended to me being sort of an outcaster, a bit isolated and, you know, bullied by folks who didn't really understand, understand me at the time. So uh, what do you think the effect of that bullying is on the way that you managed that marching band and the way you manage this organization known as the Association of Equipment Management Professionals? I think, you know, for me, I, even when I was bullied, I had a sense of understanding about why people were bullying me. I knew that there was something about me they couldn't relate to. And, but, you know, if you just take the time to really kind of find commonalities between people, even if you disagree, or even if you don't see eye to eye on things, you know, I, I knew that from very early age, that that's a component of building relationships. And so I think that also tied over into me leading the marching band, leading my organization currently. There aren't members who always agree with me, but I, or who all, always like me, you know, but I know how to build a connection despite that with folks. And that's who you are, isn't it? You're really, all, you're really all about the oneness, about the connection, as opposed to being separate. You really want to bring everybody together. And you I've, work very hard at that, don't you? I've always done that, yes. Always done what? Bro brought people together. How? I'm a, I've been a facilitator of many. <laughs> I think I'm a facilitator of many things. I, I often call myself, I, I like to refer to myself sometimes as, or create safe spaces for people, you know, and you know, for an opportunity for civil discourse to take place as well. So that comes out of your being bullied. I mean, you know, that you're tr sort of healing yourself through the course of creating safe spaces for everybody because you didn't necessarily feel you had one. Is that, does that uh, feel right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as a younger child, you, you don't, I went to school, went home, you know, I didn't, you know, and it was always important for me to have a safe space. And that's why, you know, now it's important for me to create safe spaces for people uh, to be able to come together, feel respected, and work well in their environment. So what we're saying is that as a kid, you felt bullied. You know, you hung out with mom and dad because you felt safer there. And when you got that role in the marching band, you didn't realize you had all these management abilities. And in fact, one of the reasons the kids followed you to 400 kids in the marching band was because you worked very hard to develop relationships with them to make them feel safe and valued, which is exactly what you're doing with your members now. That is, that is an awesome way to pull that all together. Yes. <laughs> how do, how do, why do you think Mr. Wells, the director of the band, picked you to be the, the drum major of the band? I, I think at the time he probably saw leadership qualities in me. He saw how hard I was working to, to earn his respect and, and to be a drum major. And I think he, you know, wanted to give me the opportunity, you know, to step up to the plate. And since then, I've always done that with opportunities I've gotten. I always remember him telling me, don't make me regret this opportunity, you know. And so I carry that with me with every large opportunity I get. I well, step into it and knock it out the park. Yeah, you're not one. To, you, you don't want to disappoint people, do you? I don't like disappointing people, no. Uh -huh. So as opposed to feeling that, you know, it's, you know, that you can expect, you constantly are trying to earn everybody's respect and constantly trying to pull everybody together. Well, I also understand that with, you know, opportunity comes a lot of great responsibility and people really depend on you, you know, to, to step into, if they give you the opportunity, they're depending on you to really be the fullness of that opportunity, you know, and not make them look bad or not, you know, not embarrass them. And so I always understand that. And I'm, I'm empathetic to that too. And also give other people opportunities to, to shine as well. Yeah, I mean, it certainly sounds, I mean, it certainly feels like you're empathetic and it certainly feels like your middle name's responsibility. I mean, you are not <laughs> one to let people down. 
And uh, yeah, I've always gravitated toward responsibility. So, mom and dad, uh, do they know what you're doing for a living? They do. Yes. How do you think they feel? Very proud. They tell Why? me that every day. I think the the I think because again, they worked so hard for me to have you know to be the person I am today. Mm-hmm. And I think for them to see and be able to witness kind of the fullness of all of the hard work that they put in, all of the the challenging times we've had, you know, they've had raising children to see, you know, what I've become or what I've made of that. I think it makes them very proud. I think the best thing is that my dad has told me he respects me. And I think, you know, that was better than, to me, that was better than him saying he's proud of me is the wow. fact that I have my father's respect. What's the website address for this Association of Equipment Management Professionals? AEMP.org. Let me have that one more time. AEMP.org. Speaking with Dante Shannon, CEO of Association of Equipment Management Professionals here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. Thank you for joining us. And we'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name and organization is? Marianne Keith, Director of Operations with Beaton Wealth Management. And Marianne, what do you do as Director of Operations at Beaton Wealth Management? I build the infrastructure with my team to allow them to execute transactions and service our clients and provide a fantastic world-class client experience. How young were you when you were doing that kind of stuff, like getting into the middle of it all and really learning about yourself? Well, I started um, as a musician at a very early age. Age five started with piano and age nine started playing the flute and just really learned how to do a good job, do it well, and learn how to connect with an audience. How'd you you learn that stuff? Give me that again. Through music. So as a musician, you have to be really detail-oriented and you have to think about your audience and providing a good experience for them. And what's that have to do with what you're doing nowadays as Director of Operations at Beaton Wealth Management? Well, as Director of Operations in, a, in the financial world, you have to be very detail-oriented when handling people's money, and you also want your clients to have a great experience to have a long-term relationship with them. Do you really see a connection between your playing, you know, your involvement in music as a kid and what you're doing nowadays, or am I just making that up? Oh, of course. You know, I played music. I played at a professional level for a while and I was ready to segue out and found that I could just transfer those skills to the financial world. Hmm. How about that? What's the website address of your organization? Beatonwealth.com. Let me have that one more time. Beatonwealth.com. And your name is Marian Keith. You're Director of Operations at Beaton Wealth Management and you work with Craig Beaton, correct? That's correct. Well, thank you for joining us today. This is uh, Herb Cohen, and this has been your Business Spotlight. Please stick around. We'll be back in a moment. You now can recognize your deserving business advisors on our nation's leading Business with Heart radio show, executiveleadersradio.com. Yes, recognize, you can recognize your deserving business advisors on our nation's leading Business with Heart radio show, executiveleadersradio.com. Simply visit executiveleadersradio.com, securely enter their info, and we'll reach out to spotlight your deserving business advisors on our nation's leading business with heart radio show, executiveleadersradio.com. Don't wait. This radio and online social media and search engine exposure is quite valuable to your advisors. Yes, this radio and online social media exposure is free and quite valuable to your business advisors who deserve to be recognized. Visit executiveleadersradio.com now to nominate your deserving business advisors. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, Katie Brewer, Brewer Group. We'd like to introduce Craig Beaton, who's the principal of Beaton Wealth Management. Craig, what is Beaton Wealth Management? What are you guys doing? We are a financial planning firm and wealth management. Mm-hmm. And um, how, how'd you get a job with this company? Well, we started 35 years ago. Did you start this business? I did. Uh-huh. Where are you from originally? New London, Connecticut. That's southeastern Connecticut by Rhode Island. And uh, how many brothers and sisters? I have two older sisters. All righty. And, and tell us, uh, how young were you when you started making money? I started working uh, with my father at his community pharmacy when I was six years old as his cashier. Mm-hmm. And how long did you work at that uh, community, far- at that pharmacy, your dad's pharmacy? I worked there till I was about 14 years old. Uh-huh. And what kind of stuff did you do in that pharmacy? 
I, I, you know, was the cashier. So I rung up the different products that people buy in a pharmacy. Did you talk to the, did you talk to the people or did you like rush them along as, as they came up to the counter? No, the people would always like to come in and talk to my father. You know, he, they would always go to the back where he was the pharmacist and they'd strike up conversation with him. Um, and I, I used to love to watch him just sort of work away and build relationships with his customers. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. So you were working your dad's pharmacy from the time you were seven or eight or six to 14. And didn't you like, didn't you hate that because your friends are outside playing and you're in the store working with your dad? You know, I love to be with my father. He worked a lot of hours. And uh, if you really wanted to see him when I was growing up, you went to the store um, where he was spending, you know, 12, 14 hours a day. So I didn't mind at all. I like being with him. And what did you pick up from that experience? It has anything to do with building this organization known as Beaton Wealth Management. I learned the importance of building relationships because my father was a small community pharmacist and he had to compete with the big chains. And for him to be able to have customers keep coming back, he had to have a special relationship with them. What's that have to do with growing Beaton Wealth Management? We're all about relationships. You know, we get to know things about people that, you know, most other people never learn. And so we, we go deep with our relationships and we like to know everything we can about our clients, mm -hmm. their goals and objectives. We have somebody here. Uh, we have Marianne Keith, who's your director of operations at Beaton Wealth Management. Marianne, how long have you guys been working together? I've been working with Craig for about 13 years. And you're the director of operations there, so you know everything that's going on. That's right. Uh-huh. So that was right. All right. So uh, 14 years. Tell me a little bit. Didn't you tell me that some of the kids that, um, that Craig knew when he was a kid um, have a special role in the organization nowadays? What was that all about? That's right. Craig's childhood friends are clients, and we talk to them all the time. Uh-huh. So, and how long have you been working together? I've been working with Craig for about 13 years now. So you guys, so Craig, Craig knows what long-term relationships are all about. What's that have to do with his clients? Well, with Craig's clients, we, we look to build long-term relationships with them as well, uh, just as we would with a friend or a family member. So Once Craig, isn't that something you picked up from, uh, from watching your dad in the community pharmacy? In fact, when you, when you mentioned that you were the cashier, you mentioned you used to speak to the people, to the customers as well. Well, you know, they liked seeing me. You know, I was real, real small. I'd be up on a stool. You know, it was a little bit unusual for them to walk in the store and see me, you know, ringing up their sales. And uh, so I think they like talking to me, too, on their way to see my father. Well, you're probably pretty good with money, which also lays good groundwork for being a wealth manager. Um, Katie, what are you thinking? Tell me about your mom. Well, what did she do for a living? So my mom, she, she ran our household. She was the foundation of our home because my father spent so much time working that we spent a lot of time with my mother. And my mother really had, you know, a belief in me and she was the foundation for my confidence today because you know of of how she always supported and believed in me give me an example you know um she she would always uh uh give me confidence when i when i you know would do things well she would let me know when i did things poorly she would let me know that too so she was never afraid to speak her mind but i always knew i always knew she had my best interest in mind so it sounds know? like you come from being uh, pretty connected. Is that fair to say? Very connected. You know, the, the friendships that I made um, in the early years, so six to 14 years old, the friends I made in elementary school um, are my best friends today. And we communicate all the wow. time. So I'm so, lucky in that way. Well, yeah, it certainly sounds like you're one to be connected as opposed to keep yourself separate or slippery or anything like that. It's like, you know, the fact that your mom was involved in the community and the, and, and the fact that you had a pretty close relationship with your mom, it, you know, your middle name is community, your middle name is bonded. And I can understand <laughs> why, as a wealth manager, you know, I can see why your clients really trust you, you know. Well, I've been fortunate to walk through life with these these guys and gals that I grew up with. And, you know, they always, uh, they knew my family, they knew, you know, my sisters, my mother, my father, and, and it's, been, it's been wonderful to be able to share all of our life's journeys with each other. Mm -hmm. Katie, what else are you thinking? 
what kind of sports did you play when you were young? Well, I played, I played mostly every sport. Um, and our, my connection with a lot of my friends was through sports. But, you know, we, we excelled, a lot of us, on a tennis team um, uh, through, through high school. And that was my sister, my, my middle sister as well, who went to my high school. And so all did of you us play, were part of the tennis program. Did you play singles or doubles? I played singles and doubles. And my doubles partner um, from high school is still one of my best friends today. And, you know, a guy that we still play tennis together with from time to time. So what's that, what's that tell us about you, tennis? What, what kind of personality trait were you bringing to the party as a singles or a doubles tennis player? Well, first of all, um, you know, that I'm competitive. And I, I've always liked to play sports. I played tennis through college. And so competition has always been sort of a, a, a key part of my life. But it sounds, like, it sounds like it's healthy competition. It's not ruthless or it's not pushing people away. You know, the fact that you used to play doubles tennis when you were a kid and you still do it with your, one of your best friends, you know, let alone Mary Ann's been with you for 13 years. And I bet, uh, how, how about the, how large or how small is the team? So the team is generally about eight to 10 people. Mm-hmm. But you know, sports and tennis has always been a connection for me um, with others. And my role in sports has, you know, it's been a great um, icebreaker. I played early bird tennis as an adult at 6 a.m. We play singles. And so it's, it's a sport that's, you know, I'm able to play with my, my father and my sisters and my friends. And it, it gives us sort of uh, something to, to do and talk, you know, while, while we're doing, we can talk. And, and it's just mm-hmm. been a really a consistent part of my life. It's like what you were doing with the, as the, as the kid as a cashier, you like talking to people. Katie, what else do <laughs> you think? You've got, um, so besides um, uh, customer service, what do you bring from your father to work every day? Well, relationships, really. Um, He he sort of was my foundation for how I saw him build relationships. um, Craig, do you have any kids? I have uh, three daughters. Three daughters. What have you learned from your daughters that help you build this business? Well, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by women. I have... Um, 12 women in my life, um, three daughters, my wife, um, my mother, my mother-in-law, and I have uh, five uh, employees that I work with who are all female. So I have a lot of women in my life. And if any one of them uh, is having a bad day, I'm not having a good day. So, you know, it's always a constant juggling in my life. It sounds like you really are, you really are, you allow others to regulate you. You really are affected by your relationships as opposed to keeping yourself separate. It sounds to me like you really get involved in your clients' lives. I mean, you're the kind of guy that I could see, you know, I'd be comfortable sharing, you know, my net worth with what's really going on in my life, you know, so that I would really, I could really trust you as an advisor and bring you close over an extended period of time. You really get to know your clients over the lifetime, don't you? I really do. And are you and managing second also, or third generations of, man- of uh, family money because the families trust you? Oh, we, we have a couple of uh, four generations. So, I mean, it, it's really when, you know, when we, when we work with four generations of family members, you, get to know. you know, that's, that's about as good as it gets. What's it's the really website touching. address for Beaton Wealth Management? Beatonwealth.com. Let me have that one more time. Beatonwealth.com. I'm speaking with Craig Beaton, principal of Beaton Wealth Management here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. This is John Schuhart. Join us, joining us for our business spotlight is Barry Final. Who are you with, Barry? I'm with Celebrate Fairfax, a 501c3 nonprofit in Fairfax, Virginia. And what do you do with uh, Celebrate Fairfax? I am very fortunate to be the president and CEO of the organization. So what does Fairfax, or excuse me, Celebrate Fairfax do? We have a mission to celebrate Fairfax County and its communities. We serve the 1.1 million people who live in the county and all, as well as all the people who uh, visit and work there. So uh, what do you enjoy about working at Celebrate Fairfax? It is the best job in the world. It is. We come to work every day, my team and I, and we get to prepare and plan and produce events for 75,000, 100,000 people, and we treat them like, we think of them like, like they're our, our friends. So we get to come in and just plan great events for them. What makes those events so special? We try to be unique uh, within this region especially, but we're always trying to stretch the envelope of what people expect from events. People go to events because they want to have great experiences. And for us, 
we are always trying to give them that return on investment because they're not giving us necessarily a lot of money when they come to our events, but they are giving us their time and their energy, and that's an important thing. People want that ROI back. So did you ever think you'd be doing this when you were a kid? No, never. I, I think that when I was a kid, I, I, was, I was building things, designing things, and somewhere along the line, I fell into events and realized that it was a natural extension for me, that I just loved producing things. So what was it about being a kid that led you to this? Um, I think that it was just the challenges that were there. I always tried to figure out solutions to problems that didn't exist, and uh, that's what we do now. It's, it's the same principle. So when did you first start overcoming big challenges as a kid? Uh, I think I always was. Uh, I think that uh, I lived in a household with two older kids, parents who had their own things going on, and I think for me, I just always uh, tried to find my own way. What's your website? Our website is CelebrateFairfax.com. This is John Schuhart, and this has been your Business Spotlight. Recognize your deserving business advisors on our nation's leading Business with Heart radio show, Executive Leaders Radio. Yes, recognize, you can recognize your deserving business advisors on our nation's leading Business with Heart radio show, ExecutiveLeadersRadio.com. Simply visit ExecutiveLeadersRadio.com, securely enter their info, and we'll reach out to spotlight your deserving business advisors on our nation's leading Business with Heart radio show, ExecutiveLeadersRadio.com. Don't wait. This radio and online social media and search engine exposure is quite valuable. Yes, this radio and online social media and search engine exposure is quite valuable. To your business advisors who deserve to be recognized, visit executiveleadersradio.com now to nominate your deserving business advisors for free exposure. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Phil Cobell, who is the principal of Expense Reduction Analysts. Phil, what is Expense Reduction Analysts? What are you guys doing? Well, organizations come to Expense Reduction Analysts when they want to finance growth organically or improve their bottom line or just focus on resources on their mission. So in short, we help them save money and reduce risk. Mm -hmm. Where are you from originally? Uh, from Central New York, uh, Ithaca, Gorham, Corning, Syracuse. How come you moved around so much? It sounds like you were you moved to a lot of different places. My dad was a was a pastor. Oh, your dad was a pastor. What was the effect of your dad being a pastor on you? Uh, well, obviously, uh, I, I for a while. It had an impact on my faith journey, obviously, but there was a long time when I kind of rejected that. For what a guy asked me uh, a while ago, if I, when I was 17, if I would follow in his footsteps, I said, no, my, my faith isn't compatible with that profession. Ah. That was a while back. Tell me, um, how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have uh, two older sisters and a younger brother, adopted brother. Mm -hmm. Tell us a story about the, that you told us in the green room about uh, your younger brother, what you realized, what you didn't realize in your relationship with him. Well, you know, he, he was adopted when I was about three years old. And at that point, you know, he was just, uh, you know, a, my younger brother. And um, I thought I remembered uh, the adoption agency and bringing him home. And it was a very exciting time. And later on in my, in my, uh, I asked my mom, you know, when we exchanged babies, because, um, you know, there was something different about my brother. He was black, and uh, that was kind of obvious. But I, I wasn't really aware of that earlier on. So uh, anyway, it's uh, at this point, he's just my brother. Didn't you uh, tell us you also had an experience with uh, some exchange students in your home? What was that all about? Yeah, yeah. So we've always had exchange students uh, at Syracuse University. They didn't often have a housing program. And so people would come into the university and not have any place to live. And so often my family would, would host people. So we had people from all over Africa, uh, China, uh, uh, Japan. It was, these, it was a lot these, of fun. These kids were living in your house, didn't you? Uh, how'd you feel about that? Well, I was young, impressionable. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot of things, card tricks and uh, language a little bit and a love of language. But you didn't resent these kids living in your home. You sort of looked forward to it. No, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was uh, diversity and uh, uh, just made life a little bit more interesting. It sounds to me like you, you really just naturally enjoy as opposed to getting along with other people, you really naturally enjoy other people. And I, my bet is it's one of the reasons you're successful in your career because 
you're dealing not only with the CEO and the CFO and the purchasing agent, but you're also dealing with suppliers. You're dealing with a lot of different people in the organization in order to help an organization reduce their expenses and make sure they get the supplies they need by a certain point in a certain time. It's like you just naturally, you know, are, are attractive to other people. Am I correct about that assumption or am I mistaken? Well, I don't know if I'm attractive, but I know how they kind of fit together. And I know that, uh, that they've, they've got to work seamlessly together in order to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Katie? You told us in the green room a little bit about your parents. Tell, tell us about their honeymoon. Oh, well, yeah. So my dad was an environmentalist before that was cool. And uh, so on his honeymoon, he uh, took my uh, mom on uh, camping. So <laughs> he just enjoyed being outside. What was the uh, thing about the gas price? I understand that, you know, your mom and dad were really truly environmentalists going camping on their honeymoon. Tell me a little bit about what happened with the gas crisis. Yeah, yeah. So that when I was younger, this was the um, time of the oil embargo in the 1970s. And I remember uh, being struck that people were standing in line, in many cars deep, trying to get a little bit of gas. And they were rationing just a, you know, a little bit. It just struck me that it just didn't the gas didn't naturally grow there and kind of abound at the gas stations that there was actually a supply chain that made those work. And it sounds to me like one of the things that struck you was that, you know, people didn't get what they needed when they needed it, you know, which is again, part of what you're doing nowadays, making sure that not only are your clients getting the right price, but they're making sure that you got the supply when they need it, you know, because there's a lot of other factors. There's a ripple effect in terms of, you know, making sure that their supplies arrive on time. Is that part of who you are? Yeah, exactly. I and mean, it's really important for, uh, for our clients, not only to get the best price, but um, there's a lot of drivers of value. And so that's all got to be taken into account when we're recommending a supplier. Um, so, and we have, you know, people who are, uh, have C-level experience in the industries that they come from, and now they're kind of working on the other side of the table. So in addition to working with clients, I also work with this whole network of, of expertise in, around the nation, and actually around the world, who are, really know their stuff in their, in their industries. Mm-hmm. Katie? So your father was a pastor. What was your mom's role in the family? Well, yeah, so she had, she's mainly a caretaker. She, she was a, um, she started her career in Christian education and um, uh, was experimenting with this medium called television back in the 1950s. But as we were growing up, um, she was, she, she grew up in the, uh, in the Great Depression. She was a Depression era baby. And so everything that we did, if there were resources involved, I mean, she was keeping track. So she kept a budget of, uh, if we were going on vacation, she would be writing down a 25 cent toll, right? And that would kind of go in, make sure that we're kind of staying on budget in our, uh, in our family. So you had a great role model way back when that kept track of the budget and kept track of all the expenses. And now you're the principal of expense reduction analysts. Yeah, go figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 80? Go ahead. Uh, there was something going on with um, indigenous tribes in the Amazon. It sounds to me like, you know, mom and dad uh, when camping on their honeymoon, they truly were environmentalists. But what was going on with this Amazon tribe? Yeah, yeah. So uh, for a while, I, I was working with an organization that was helping to conserve ecosystems around the globe. And so uh, I had the privilege of working with some indigenous tribes in the Amazon to help protect their forests, which have uh, obviously uh, trees and rivers and that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, so um, I, I've had the pleasure of working not only with, uh, you know, the C-suite, but also, you know, in, uh, indigenous leaders in the, in the Amazon. So it's- well, you, you really are attracted to, to working with um, and able to work with a wide variety of people. Here's an here's indigenous tribe. Were you actually there? Did you actually visit the Amazon? Yeah, yeah. I spent uh, several years working with people there. Huh. Boy, you really know how to get along with a wide variety of people. I could see why your clients bring you in and keep bringing you back because as they have different projects for you to do, this help them save money and help identify suppliers. It's like you're just a natural to bring in and to help figure all this kind of stuff out. Am I, am I reading that correctly? Well, yeah, I mean, there's the analytical piece of what we do, which is to really understand the situation and what are the right resources to bring to bear there. And then there's also the, the relationship issues and mm-hmm. just making sure 
that the relationships with the client are working well, as well as the suppliers. Our relationship mm -hmm. with suppliers is just as important as our as our clients. The um, and I see here that I'm looking at my notes, and you did mention that Dad was a pastor. What what is what role does faith have in your life? Well, uh, the way I make the connection is that. Um, we are given stewardship over certain resources. And so um, to me, uh, it's, an, it's a part of a practice of faith to use resources wisely, to exercise good stewardship of those resources. And the, the chief financial officer is really the, the chief stewardship officer in the organization and is often the conscience of the organization, you know, keeping them on track. And so, um, so yeah, that I, it, it plays a pretty direct role. Yeah, you really, you sounds to me like you do it like doing stuff with integrity. You like making sure that things are getting done correctly and thoroughly. And uh, that relationships mean a great deal to you. And um, so do you have clients that have been with you for a long period of time? Yeah, so often people will bring us in for uh, for one project. And then as we do that, then there's uh, the, the, something else will come up. And um, But we... Uh, goes to the relationship they really uh, they really enjoy who you are and it sounds like you can work with a wide variety of clients too because you know everything from the exchange students and your brother right on through you know your your visit to your tribe your visit to the tribes in amazon it's you're just you really enjoy a wide variety of people what, what's the website address of this organization known as expense reduction analysts it's pretty simple expense reduction.com expense reduction.com and um, expensereduction.com. Okay. And your name again is Phil? Phil Coble. Phil Coble, Principal of Expense Reduction Analysts. This is Herb Cohen. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more Lamar about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this And break. you were telling me there's some, something special about the Loudon Creek Clinic, where every dollar that goes in does something else. What was that all about? Yeah, there's something magical. So for every dollar that's donated to our clinic, we can deliver $8 worth of care. And what kind of clinic is this? Who are, you, who are you helping out? What kind of stuff do you guys do? So we're helping out those who are 18 to 64 who are uninsured and low income, 200% or below the federal poverty level. And give me this thing about the math again. Give me how that works. So essentially, I have a, a staff of 12 individuals and 128 volunteers. So with that kind of payer mix, I'm able to deliver, you know, anywhere from $8 uh, in care for our patients. Because you've been able to enroll the support of so many volunteers, you're actually keeping the cost of health care down and therefore multiplying the dollars. And making one of, it, one of the best business investments for private corporations who want to invest. And didn't, ah, interesting. So private businesses and individuals can get involved. And didn't you Absolutely. tell me you had a couple of health care challenges yourself? What were they? I have. I've had four open heart surgeries, and mm -hmm. it helps me to understand what patients need. What are you talking about? What do you mean? So the idea of having been on the table or being a patient, I'm able to take a patient focus in how we deliver care differently than most people would. What do you, what do you learn from those experiences personally? What do you appreciate that most of us don't? I appreciate consistency. Um, I think that a, a staff at the hospital, nurses, providers, mm -hmm. parents, mm -hmm. family, all those people consistently being around me and consistently offering me hope. Uh, I'm so full of it that I have to offer that to the patients and to the staff when I'm working with them. What's the website address for the Loudon Free Clinic? Loudonfreeclinic.org. Let me have that one more time. L-O-U-D-O-U-N freeclinic.org. You've been speaking with your name again? Ramon Parker. And this has been your business spotlight. Thank you. I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, they, they, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows the 
the next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh-huh. what's happening. So your, idea, your, your thought is that in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that uh, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events, through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to come out of that. Mm-hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people. And you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine-to-five kind of job oh, for you? Oh, hell no. It's a lot longer uh-huh. than that, baby. So do you have, to, you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, organization. Sure, it's balsambid.com, and, and you can download Balsam Connect mobile app. Let me have uh, let me have that website address one more Balsam time. Balsambid.com. Com. It's B-A, give me the spelling on that. B-A-L-L-S-T-O-N-B-I-D.com. Excellent. And your name again is? Tina Leone. And the name of the organization? Is the Balsam Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. Want help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money. All the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. We'd like to introduce, this is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Alan Luba, Principal of Human Resource Consultants. Uh, Alan, what, what is Human Resource Consultants? What are you guys doing? We're a two-person consultancy of two very experienced human resources executives and our goal. Mm-hmm. And what we do is to help our clients enhance the value of their most expensive and valuable asset, their people. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where are you from originally? Bridgeport, Connecticut. And how many brothers and sisters? I have a younger sister. Younger sister. And uh, how young were you when you started making money? Well, I started earning money probably uh, eight, nine years old, uh, helping my, my father and my uncle out in their store. And what kind of store was it? Pretty much had jobs through as a grocery store, store. Grocery corner, store. Corner grocery store. And uh, corner grocery store. What were, what were you doing there? What kind of stuff did you do? And how long did you work in that store? Well, as often, I, I actually uh, asked my father to come in. I, I, it wasn't a set schedule. I liked doing it, like being with him. And I, you know, I was a kid. I was sweeping and mopping and stocking shelves and mm-hmm. pricing items. And how, uh, how young were you when you got your first job with, uh, did you mention you were 15? You got a job at a men's clothing store? It's about 14, 15, 16 in high school. Uh, so it worked, uh, uh, you know, through, through, uh, through, through the high school. You got that job come with and ask for that. a couple yeah. of friends as well. Yeah, there were, there were a few of us who, uh, uh, you know, were placed essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, these were all neighborhood stores, so a place you could walk to or take uh-huh. a quick bus. So you, you like doing things with other people. I mean, as opposed to you dominating the situation, you're sort of comfortable working with other people. You know, a group of you guys got this job together. 
Yeah. You, you mentioned to cut you were, customer service and being part of the team. Part What's of that have to do with uh, how you're, that's right. Your wife, your wife's a partner in this business, human resource consultants. Isn't are, it? That is correct. Mm-hmm. All right. Kate. How young were you when you started organizing? Yeah, probably in some time in, in grade school, elementary school, uh, put clubs together and, you know, worked what, on. What kind of clubs did you projects. put together? What was the, what was the first well, there kind was of one at that time I was really interested in astronomy. So sat down with a bunch of like-minded people and we would get together and, you know, it was the early days of the space race, if you will, and talk about satellites and going to the moon and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you were showing intellectual curiosity all the way back in elementary school. I hope so. And yeah. how does that translate into what you do today with your customers? Well, you, you have to constantly uh, be on top of uh, whatever information's out there and be able to process it, not just spit it back. So, you know, constantly researching and studying and reading all the stuff that comes across the web, especially these days where the, the legal environment uh, involving human resources changing, you know, day to day as far as the virus situation. And so we need to stay on top of that. And uh, I, I want to. It's, uh, it's, it's good. And did you play sports when you were a kid? Uh, a little, little bit of high school football, a lot of baseball. What was your favorite? Organized baseball, still is. When what position did you play in a, uh, on your baseball? Pretty much team? all of them. Uh, caught a lot because I could sort of move things around in the infield and uh, a little bit less in the outfield. I wasn't the fastest runner, but uh, we, we had a good time. And what personality trait did you bring to all these roles? team like being part of the team what's that have to do with who you are nowadays i like being part of the team we uh the way we like to work with our clients is not as an outside you know expert sitting you know 30 stories above everybody but uh you know being part of the team and learning what the real needs are learning the people's needs uh getting to know the the the, the boss if you will usually the owners and uh you know being able to work with that and and uh show them what we think are the right ways to do things as far as legally and managing people and help them move towards that and understand what their concerns are. Now, your father had a grocery store. What did your mother do? Uh, First, growing up part of my life, she was a stay-at-home mom, took care of us. Uh, I was probably, I don't know, nine or 10 years old and she went to work and she was a secretary in a social service agency in, in town. So, and what personality always, trait does, did your mom teach you that you bring to work uh, she, every day? I always felt she was the nurturing one in the family for all of us. All, there were three of us in the family. Uh, plus, uh, you know, she really was the go-to person for her siblings and her parents, my, my grandparents. And what's that and, have to do uh, with I always, I always uh, respected that. Respected what? That she, she was the go-to person because she was the nurturing person. She was always the most organized and how's and, that affecting you nowadays? Well, I, I think I try to be, uh, and always have been trying to be like that. Uh, yeah, you try to be more understanding than just well, you know. You're like hard the go-to person, person for your clients, aren't you? Right. We like. Well, we, we like to be the go-to people for for more than just the HR stuff. And frankly, uh, you know, I, I, I like being the smartest guy in the room, and I am. But uh, at the end of the day, I want my client to feel like he or he or she's the smartest guy in the room because we've helped them get there. Mm-hmm. And um, what what else did you go organize? What else were you organizing as a kid? Didn't you mention the junior class something happened? I got involved in uh, high school politics because it was fun. Ran for class president one year, and for some reason they, they elected me. So we uh, how many kids organized a year's worth of events and fun things to do. How many kids were in that class? My class was about three hundred. And what was involved in in winning the role as class president in your junior high school year? Well, as actually this was. You know, during the mid-60s, and I was still very excited having been part of the excitement surrounding JFK. And uh, it was like, wow, I'm going to organize my own campaign here and have people helping me. And uh, uh, so, you know, sort of, I remember the the summer before I took, uh, before school started the year that I'd been elected, I was reading all these biographies of JFK and people looking at why you're doing that. I said, well, he was a president, so am I. So So you... You try to pick the best from everybody. It's like the research you're doing for your clients. You know, you're trying to understand, you know, what's really involved in that situation, what's involved in that role. And you sort of model yourself after that. 
Am I correct about that? I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. I appreciate it. You, uh, you know, if you're going to be the best to be the best resource, you, you have to know the best and you have to not be afraid to bring in the, the best people. We, uh, we, we, my wife and I like to say, there's not, not a lot that we haven't touched in what we do, but if we don't know something about it, we probably generally know somebody who does and we're going to bring them in. We're, we're not uh, driven by our egos on that. So you, you really like sinking your teeth into, into really helping your client's business out. I mean, you know, you, you really get involved. I mean, you're a pretty involved kind of guy. I mean, you, you organize the astronomy club, you organize, you know, you organize this campaign and ended up getting elected as class presidents of people like you. Um, uh, but it's, it sounds, and it sounds to me like you really get involved with organizing and making sure that things are working correctly is important to you. Isn't that true? Absolutely. That, that's why we tell people they should hire us or, you know, they will hire us when we're introduced and uh, that, that's, we keep it going. And because you're helping them really with long-term relationships to show it. Because you're the, you're the, well, you're basically, you know, great ideas and great business models. They're not going to go anywhere without the team. You're really helping them with the team. You're helping them with all the intricacies of the Absolutely. team, aren't you? Absolutely. And you really enjoy that. So you're sitting down and you're talking to the management, to the owners. You're also talking to the team themselves, the individual players. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we get to know the people. Uh, I mean, our clients are, you know, small to medium size, maybe up to a couple hundred people. So it's not like there are 10,000 people out there. So, uh, we, so we try you're, really, to uh, you're pretty people. good at reading people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess that's one of the reasons you were able to win as class president because, you know, you were able to understand who these kids were, what they needed, how to keep everybody happy at all times. Is, is, that, is that a fair assumption? Yeah, we got, got the message across. I think that's what good politicians do now, some of them. Well, it sounds to me like you understood people as a, as a kid. And, and um, what, was the, what was the effect of you growing up in Bridgeport, Connecticut on your being, on you? Um, at the time, Bridgeport was a, uh, a, uh, a strong industrial town that had grown up, uh, during the war, uh, got some major weapons manufacturers there major industries. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we usually didn't have to worry about uh, our dads being employed, no matter where it was. Uh, it was a very, uh, diverse town. The high school I went to was, uh, uh, maybe a third Caucasian, a third African American, and a third Hispanic. So you learned about and diversity. We didn't, you know, we, we mixed. We we didn't have. Uh, well, we never saw that. You know, discrimination problems. It was all, uh, uh, you know, very mixed, and everybody got along, and everybody knew each other's families and worked together. And I, I try to take that into my life now. Uh, yeah, you're all about people. Actually, I think you do in terms of uh, both your business, you're all about people, you know, you've got to deal with you help your clients deal with a wide variety of folks. It sounds to me like that's like second nature to you. Well, hopefully by now it is. Yes. Yeah. Wait, what's the, uh, what's the website address? It is hrconsultantsllc.com. Let me have that one more time. hrconsultantsllc.com. Dot com. Excellent. We've been speaking with Alan Luba, Principal of Human Resource Consultants here on Executive Leaders Radio. Katie, can you give us a rundown on who we've had on the air today, please? We had Dante Shannon, CEO of Association of Equipment Management Professionals. We had Craig Beaton, Principal of Beaton Wealth Management. We had Phil Cavell, uh, Principal of Expense Reduction Analyst, and Alan Luba, Principal of Human Resource Consultants. I'd like to thank my co-host, Katie Brewer, Brewer Group, for giving me hand structuring the questions and hope you're providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. I'd like to thank our listening audience for listening. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a radio show. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. And thank you for joining us today and have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.